All right, welcome back to another episode of Christian Classics. With a question mark. With a question mark. We love that question mark there. Because some of these things can't possibly be considered classics, yet it's been like 30 years since some of these things came out. I mean, if you go by like car definitions, a classic car is 20 years old, so. Oh, geez, so we're really... We're, we're good so far. I didn't, I didn't feel old until just now, and you just made me feel old. I hear you. So I thank remember. you. Thank you, Justin. I love the shirt you're wearing, by the way. I want everyone to know he's wearing an Emperor's New Groove t-shirt, which you don't see. Yeah, they obviously aren't seeing that, but it's fun. No, they're not, but it's a great shirt. I love it. I love Emperor's New Groove. We could probably do a whole podcast on Disney movies we like. Only the second best Disney movie ever. Second? What's the first? Lion King. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> That's a different topic for a different day. Yeah. That, I don't know. We could talk about favorite Disney movies. I don't know if Lion King's... I like Lion King, but I don't know if it's up there. I mean, I like... Don't get me wrong. I love Lion King. Please. The music's great. The characters are great. Uh, we're actually reading the story to Lily right now. Um, and it's, it's fun to read. It's just, I mean, I think it's overrated. I think the same thing that we're talking about with the music is is key for those kind of things, too. I think it's the nostalgia of it. It was the first one that I remember really yeah. watching, you know, and yeah. really being a, paying attention to. So. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Did you see it in theaters or did you watch it? No. 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 Okay. I was the right age for what who they were marketing to. And yeah. so, so, like, all of the merch in the stores and right. the TV commercials had meal toys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of merch. I definitely had a lot of merch from it. I don't remember seeing it in theaters, but maybe I did. I definitely saw the live action in theaters. Did you see the live action? I did. I did. Yes. Did you like the live action? The short answer is yes, but okay. there were some issues. All right. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. We don't have to get <laughs> into also, it. The very first time we went to Disney World was right after. It was the summer of 94, so it was ah. that time. So they had that the uh, the puppet show in Magic right. Kingdom and all that stuff. So it was, it was a huge... Yeah. I remember that. That was a great show. I did like that show. And Festival of Lion King and Animal Kingdom was wonderful. Yes. So, um, Justin and I really love Disney. I actually used to work for Disney, um, and he would come visit, and we'd hang out, and it was it was always a good time. Fond memories of us hanging out at Disney. So good stuff. I won't say it's. Uh, well, I could say it's probably a passion of ours. We enjoy it a lot. So, um, so very cool. Uh, but so anyway, long. Long story short, I like your t-shirt. <laughs> so Justin, last week you talked about how you kind of got into listening to contemporary Christian music. Uh, so I wanted to share my story since we're going over uh, my first Impact album. Um, you know, I, it's funny what you talked about because I was like the generation after you almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I mean is we're, we're the same age. We're in the same generation. However, my dad kind of experienced what you experienced where his parents liked Southern gospel music and they weren't as into the contemporary Christian music or anything like that. So when my dad, um, you know, got, a, you know, got away from, you know, got married, did all that stuff. He started listening to contemporary Christian music, specifically Christian rock music, because he really liked the rock genre and who can blame him? Eighties music, eighties rock music is some of the best music. And so he got into like Newsboys and Audio Adrenaline and Petra and DeGarmo and Key and uh, Striper and all these uh, crazy 80s, uh, 90s rock bands. And so in turn, I got, was really into them and probably took it a step further when I was in high school and, and all that. So I really enjoyed Christian music because of that. So I ended up listening to you know, like I said, the Newsboys, Audio Adrenaline, um, uh, um, Reliant K was a big band when I was in high school. I got into the Tooth and Nail bands, Under Oath, um, Project 86, you know, May, Emery, stuff like that, um, which is a little bit harder rock and roll, but still under that Christian genre. Um, so I really enjoyed that music. And it's something that Brittany and I, my, my wife, Brittany, uh, we share an enjoyment of, we love listening to Hillsong. We love listening to casting crowns, mercy me. Yes. My tastes have, 
I won't say matured, but uh, it's gotten a little softer <laughs> as the years have gone on. But we love going to those Christian concerts. We love, you know, worshiping. Uh, we love, um, and, you know, having fun at those concerts and those venues and stuff like that. Um, it's something you and I have really experienced together and brought us closer in a, for our friendship. Um, so definitely uh, Christian music has been just such a huge part of my life. And to really speak more into it, I believe that worship music was for a long time the way I connected with Jesus when I was a teenager. Um, it wasn't some, you know, I was into reading the Bible and stuff like that, but it was really when I felt connected to, to God and to Jesus was when I was worshiping in church or um, uh, I actually had this buddy, Chris, Rick, who I... Um, he would play worship music. We would play together. He would teach me music. I, he taught me how to play guitar a little bit. Um, and we would play together. And those were the moments where I really truly felt uh, closest to God uh, when I was younger. So yeah, Christian music's a huge part of my life. And so that's why I'm so excited to do this podcast with you because I love Christian music. I know you love Christian music. I know there's a lot of people out there. We have an audience for this. So why not talk about it? And so that's why we're getting into my quote-unquote keystone, uh, tentpole, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, first access into this Christian music with Newsboys Not Ashamed, which is pretty cool and I'm very excited about. You said that you did some research on this, right? I did, some, you know, general stuff. All right. So here's what I found out. Tell Apparently, me. this is their fourth studio album, which I did not know. Yeah. I figured you know, earlier on than that. But anyway, fourth album. It was released in 92. As you said, it was on Star Song Records. Um, apparently, this is the first album that Peter Furler shared some of the lead vocal duties. Before this, it was John James alone. And Peter uh, stepped up and took some of the, the lead duties this time around. And also, apparently, this was their first, quote, commercially successful album. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think there was one number one song from this one, from what I could tell. So it looked like they had quite a few radio singles, but there was one that went number one. Sure. Yeah, that's. I think they had four of the ten songs on there that were actually radio singles. Four or five. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, almost half, if not half, of their album, which, yeah, like you said, pretty crazy. And pretty crazy considering it's their first big success, especially here in the U.S., because they probably a little popular in Australia. Cause if you don't know, Newsboys is an Australian band. Um, but to come to the U S and have that kind of success with your first album, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, for sure. Great information. And a lot of the stuff I had as well, um, from there, I have a little bit more, but just to kind of talk about my personal connection with it. Like I said, my dad, uh, really loved the Newsboys, uh, Kyle Broda senior. Um, and, so the Newsboys have been a big part of my life just for that reason. So I remember having the cassette, but I also remember getting the CD of this too. So when our car switched from cassette to CD, we got the CD and listened to this album, uh, you know, along with their other albums. But this one was definitely um, uh, the most popular for it. You know, back then that that was a big deal album if you bought it again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We love that album. All right. Awesome, Justin. Thank you so much uh, for sharing the information you got. I love that you researched that. That's awesome. Hey, I try. You got <laughs> to know what we're talking about here, right? Yeah, absolutely. You got you kind of want to look into it. And if you're not as familiar with the band, you want to look into, especially the early years, because the Newsboys have changed so much. <laughs> and just like last time, you weren't familiar with my album that yeah. I chose. I have never heard this album before. So. I mean, I'm familiar with Newsboys, obviously. Right. Not particular album, so it was good to find out a little bit more about it sure yeah absolutely well um just a couple other things uh in this band in this iteration of the newsboys it was john james peter furler Corey pyre and sean taylor um so four members of the band um john james like you said was the lead singer peter kind of stepped up um and started doing some of the vocals and this would continue until john left john james left and then um he would lead until Michael Tate took over, um, which was about 2010, I think. Um, at this point, this was the first time that Steve Taylor, um, who was a singer songwriter. I, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's 
he was a singer songwriter he was a producer but he helped kind of mold newsboys into what they are um at least during the peter furler years um so it was um he would he would partner with them he would help them write he would produce um and obviously with the lyrics and everything to the song so even though peter furler was the primary songwriter uh this was where steve kind of helped out um are you familiar with steve taylor by chance I'm not with his own work i know his name from credits on newsboy stuff but i i don't i'm not familiar with his own work now he's a quirky dude i mean it, it's obvious in newsboy's lyrics that he's quirky um but he's definitely yeah. quirky uh <laughs> himself like i remember and this is another sidebar but Hey, we got the time, I think. Um, he did a documentary on this tour called C-Spot Rock. Um, it was a tour, I don't even remember, 2000, maybe five, something like that. Um, but it was Reliant K, OC Supertones, Pillar, John Rubin. That might have been it. There might have been more, but those were the head, those were the big ones. Um, and it was like right as Reliant K was becoming super popular. Um so it was a interesting documentary to say the least, <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, anyway, like you said, yeah, they started with a star song records. Um, they were actually nominated for this album for best rock contemporary gospel album uh, as a Grammy in 1992. They lost to Petra for their album unseen, which I, I can get that. Um, now, I don't know if this part's accurate, but I saw that in 1994, they were for, excuse me, for a um, Dove Award. Uh, I Cannot Get You Out of My System, the short form music video of the year. Uh, they did not win, but they were nominated for it. But I don't know why it's so far out. Right. Do you, what, uh, what year did their next album come out? I think 94. Going public, I think so. it was 94. It could have been like the beginning of the year and then the album came out the end. Uh, window is kind of weird sometimes for these awards. Oh, okay. Like Lauren Daigle's first album was still being nominated like four years after it came out yeah. for stuff. Like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So sometimes the eligibility window is odd, you know, depending when certain things release and what happens. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And um, something cool about this album was like in 93, 92, 93, whenever they did their tour uh, for Not Ashamed, that was my first concert, actually. Um, and I don't remember much about it. My dad told me that I definitely got sick. Um, he said anything I did with him, I always got sick. <laughs> um, no, no, like stomach, like I would always throw up or something. So he said I got sick. Um but I do remember the drums, the drum kit, they did the lift and they did the turn. So they've been doing it since then and still one of the most popular things that you can see um, and definitely an aspect of the concert that the Newsboys are known for. So um, pretty fun. Yeah. So and a pretty good first concert, I think. Yeah. Spinning <laughs> drums and everything. Yeah, man. I love it. Uh, so, yeah. So that's um, that's what I have as far as a background of them. Um I'm sure we'll get into more Newsboys stuff because I love the Newsboys. I remember a lot of their hits. I remember a lot of their concerts. I, I you know, remember their albums. Um, and there's more stories as to why John James left, why per Peter Furler left, why he came back um, that I, w I can't wait to get into. Um, really uh, looking forward to future podcasts uh, with the Newsboys. So get ready. <laughs> All right. So. Let's go back. Let's go back in time. Let's uh, go ahead and listen to the Newsboys, Not Ashamed, and let's go ahead and talk about it track by track. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do this. All right. So this is the Christian class classic, Newsboys, Not Ashamed. Starting off with track one, I Cannot Get You Out of My System. First off, long title. <laughs> It is a very long title. <laughs> All right. So first listen, what did you think? So let me let me just start this with a general observation about the whole album. Sure, sure. It plays into what I think about this track as well. Okay. So I'm a lyric guy. Lyrics are important to me. If I can't understand what is being said, it really cuts down on how much I'm, I can enjoy the music. 
no matter how good the music is. Yeah. So this album, the first time I listened through, I had a very hard time understanding the lyrics on most of the songs. Yeah. Not having them in front of me. Yeah. So just keep that in mind as we go through. Some of this, my notes are from that first listen through, and some of them are from subsequent listen throughs when I had the lyrics. Fair so enough. <laughs> I'll try to temper that, but that was that, you know, this first song. I kind of felt that way. Okay. It was a very fun song. Like I, sure. I really liked the song. Sure. But first listen, I wasn't sure if we were talking about Jesus or a girl. Okay. Fair enough. Reading the lyrics, I'm like, it's obviously Jesus. Right. But, um, yeah, not being able to understand what they're saying at first, I was like, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Sure. But yeah. It's Jesus, and it's a fun, fun song. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I was thinking from the beginning, this is early 90s music. I mean, it, it it's that, like, build-up, and then with the synth and the, you know, a lot of synth, a lot of digital drums. Um, so definitely, I mean, the whole album was filled with it, but definitely early 90s. Um, I put that almost on every song. Um, like you're saying, lyrics, yeah, definitely important. I love that they say, oi, boy. Well, that's why I pulled the lyrics up. I was like, what are they, what? Oi, boy. Uh, That was so funny. But the funniest line was, Brillo pads will not remove this. So the strongest substance they could think of was a Brillo pad. uh, (laughs) And (laughs) to scrub it out was impossible. Yeah, I know Newsboys, especially the early earlier albums, they're known for their kind of off-the-wall lyrics. And I didn't feel like this album was too off-the-wall, but there were moments where I was like, what now? Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. And it goes through, I mean, yes, you're right, it is more prominent in some of their later albums, but as long as Peter Furler is there, their lyrics are a little strange, which I love. I love that. Uh, that's one of the reasons I like the Newsboys. It makes you think a little bit. Um, and it's funny. Um, you know, they put a little humor in it. You know, they're talking about some serious stuff. For example, in this song, uh, you know, talking about Jesus being in your system and nothing, um, not anything can remove him. Um, a really great lesson, a really great um, uh, message there. But, you know, you ha- again, you have the oi boy, uh, Brillo pads cannot remove you. Uh, just goofy lines, but it does get the point across. So let me, I'll probably do this a couple of times for this one. Like, let me talk through what I felt like the song meant, okay? Go for it. So basically the first verse, what I got out of that was someone is seeing a new believer and basically telling them, like, it's just a phase. You'll get over this at some point. Then the chorus and the bridge is kind of like that new believer declaring that, no, this is real. And, you know, I've given my life over to the Lord. Like, he's in control now. And then the second verse is kind of the people around them seeing that, oh yeah, this they have changed. Like this is this is for real. So that was kind of my takeaway from this one. All right. I do have a question. Do you think Carrie Underwood listened to the song? Because there is a line that says, Jesus, take the wheel. I have that down here. I said the lyrics in the bridge gave me a Jesus take the wheel. <laughs> yeah, you gotta wonder. yeah, I don't I know. I mean she's she's a Christian. You know, she, I think she grew up in that Christian home. Um, just casting crown songs and stuff. Right, so. exactly. She's been like with Passion, saying with David Crowther. Um, so it's done, you know, a lot of stuff. Oh, speaking of, just a little uh, free advertisement for I Am Second. If you haven't seen the Mike Fisher, Carrie Underwood, uh, it's not their white chair documentary, but they go through their story. I highly recommend it via I Am Second. I love the videos that they put out, I love the message that they put out. Um, they did another great one with Mike Fisher and Carrie Underwood. I highly recommend it. Did you watch the music video for this? I did not. I didn't uh, realize there was one until we were just talking about it. Yes, there is a music video. Um, pure 90s. Old, uh, a bunch of colors. Um, blues and neon blues and neon greens and like all the stuff. At one point, Peter Furler is behind a cage. They have guitar guitar yes and it um you know they're filming it looks like they're filming a music video inside the music video with one of those uh eight millimeter cameras and stuff like that uh pure 90s loved it it was so funny a lot of 
lot of their videos are just very, very unique as well. Oh, yeah. totally. Totally. <laughs> but this was, I mean, they were in 90s clothes. I had the plaid on, the baggy clothes. It was great. It was awesome. Nice. Loved it. <laughs> Any more on this song? I'll have to, I'll have to look that up. That's yeah, intriguing. They're all on YouTube. This was one where they had all the music videos on YouTube. So definitely recommend it. The only other thing I had was besides Jesus Take the Wheel. It also, the, the bridge also reminded me of um, the song You Drive, I'll Ride by FFH. It was the same kind of, same kind of vibe there. So, but anyway, yeah, that was a good way to start the album. I liked it. Yeah, a lot of fun, upbeat. It's a bop. I, I loved it. Then we go to song number two which is probably one of their most famous songs, Not Ashamed, the title uh, track of this album, another Peter Furler singing. Um, yeah. What'd you think? I mean, you, you probably knew this song. This is the one song from the album that I had actually heard the recording from this album before. Many times, actually. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of always liked the song. Yeah. So I was definitely familiar with it. Mm-hmm. One thing that re- actually sitting there and reading the lyrics as I listen to it, like the lyrics on this one are strong. Like, yeah. I did not realize how good the lyrics were in this song. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, totally. And I, I, I agree, you know, it's, it's about not hiding your faith um, and it's, um, you know, just making sure you're not ashamed. I don't know if it resonates with me as much now as it did in the past. Um, I guess because now I'm just open about my faith. Like it's not a big deal. I don't know how many people had issues with that. Like I, I grew up in public school. I know you went to uh, private school. I'm sure there were times where I didn't want to talk about my faith. So this, uh, this song definitely resonated with me in that. But as far as now, like I'm just so open about my faith. Like that's who I am. Um, it doesn't relate as much, but I I do like it. This you know this like you said the simple message of hey, you know you don't hide your faith. It's it's not a big deal. You know you can't be ashamed to live your life for Christ. Um, so yeah, I agree. The lyrics were really wonderful in this. There was a a line in there that really hit me, and I didn't write the actual line down, but it was basically talking about how no matter your maturity level in your faith, you still need to be sharing. Don't be afraid because you feel like you don't know as much as you should, I think was basically what they're trying to say, but they said it more cleverly. Um, <laughs> and that's what I appreciate about this one too. They're, the lyrics were clever enough, but it wasn't so clever that it was distracting. Right. And I think for me, sometimes that's a problem with this band is like you're, you're trying to figure so hard to figure out what the heck they're trying to say that you miss what they're saying. Yeah. Um, but this one I felt like was just clever enough, but still clear. So Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, love that they started with the chorus. Uh, that's uh, always a fan uh, favorite of mine because it's like, oh, we're getting right into it. I'm not ashamed to let you know. You know, really great. Uh, it's fun. Um, that synth piano going strong. Boo, boo, boo. Um, I mean, super strong uh, right there. So this one's definitely a bop as well. Uh, you get right into it, uh, like you said, with the lyrics. I love, love, love the high voice at the end. It is classic 90s. The ah, 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 ah. Exactly like that. Yeah, I know. I'm, exactly. I'm really talented. We've talked about how this is talking about not being ashamed, obviously. And uh, Romans 116, I feel like, was probably their main inspiration from scripture for this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure that was part of it as well. Um, there is a music video for this one as well, too. I feel like I've probably seen that at some point in my life, but I don't remember it. Uh, I would got to imagine, but it is them in the middle of a circle with people around them, like on a beach somewhere. And they are, I mean, going nuts. They are jumping around. And can I say, the muscles on John James are incredible. I mean, he is wearing a dress vest with no shirt on underneath. I guess that was a style. But he is, I mean, he is ripped. And he's holding his mic so you can see his muscles. He's flexing. He's flexing. Yeah. <laughs> he was. He was hardcore flexing. He had great 90s sunglasses on. I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> All right. So we get into number three, the first ballad on the album, Where You Belong, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Yes. So I had not heard 
this recording, this specific recording of this one. Yes, because this was re-recorded by the Michael Tate version of Newsboys. So I've heard that, the Tate version, but also, I don't know if you know this, this might be, this might be a new piece of trivia for you, or maybe not, we'll see. Um, On one of the Gaither homecoming videos, Furler and uh, Joel were on there and did an acoustic version of this. I did not know that. That is very interesting. That's the first time I heard this. Because my grandparents were so into, you know, all the gay stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, of course, they had some comment about, like, he should share his hair with him and, you know, (laughs) crazy stuff like that. But, um, but yes, that's the first time. (laughs) That's the first time I heard this one. But, no, I like this one a lot. I think... I'm a sucker for the whole add something new to an old hymn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like they were ahead of their time with that. Yeah. Because it's really common now. Like every worship album, it seems, has at least one of those. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think it was quite as prevalent back then. And I think they did a really good job with it. The The new lyrics I thought were very good. Um, and it kind of... It, you know, it's the same theme as the hymn, but it talks about how the world leaves us empty and disillusioned, and the only thing that can truly satisfy us is Christ. So um, I thought they did a great job with this one. Yeah, that was definitely one of my notes. I love that they mix the hymns. Um, I love it when they do that to popular songs, or to pop songs, excuse me. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. And this is definitely the first time I had heard it done. Um, it could have been done before, I don't know. Um, but yeah, the hymn uh, is by Helen How- Howarth Lemel, I believe is how you pronounce the name. Uh, we can double check that. Um, but uh, definitely based on the Hebrews 12.2, we must focus our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Um, and I agree. I-, I loved the way it mixed together. Um, I love the two different singers singing different parts like John James saying mm. where you belong and Peter Furler saying the turn your eyes upon Jesus. And I thought that was just such a, a very well mixed um, uh, mix of their voices and, and fit perfectly for it. Um, there's a music video for this one too. Uh, oh, really? It, oh yeah. And it is them on the beach walking they like the beach. Yes, they are on the beach and it, it's just waves and sunset and they're walking on the beach and Oh man, it is ballad gold it is amazing <laughs> at one point the whole band's walking in a v okay they're flying Ving it down the down the beach um so this one i wouldn't go into with a necessarily idea that you're going to be worshiping it is the classic okay we need to put a bunch of christian things in quotes christian things together and make it seem worshipful. Perfect. The beach is perfect. We're going to see the waves rolling. <laughs> They're going to be walking. They're going to be looking down. They're going to be not looking at the camera. Uh, so I just don't go in expecting to worship in that moment. Go ahead and laugh. It's okay. I promise. Nineties <laughs> cheese, huh? Oh, it, Oh, so much. <laughs> but yes, there's a music video. It's on YouTube. Check it out. <laughs> so I just looked, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Helen Lemel, Lemuel Lemel mm-hmm. was the author. 1922 was the original writing of that. So, so there you go. There you go. There you awesome. Go. But yeah, great ballad. It's definitely uh, too. just before we move on from the song. Um, one of the first worship songs that I really remember, like really feeling okay, this is something more. Um, I'm not just singing for fun. and I'm not just singing about Jesus to be fun. Like this is, okay, this is something more. This is something where I am, you know, giving myself to Jesus. Yeah. And um, that's the first time, this is the first song that I really remember doing that with. So Cool. All right. Let's go on to track number four, Upon This Rock. So... My first note here is it's definitely not the Sandy Patty song. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> when I saw the title, that's the first thing I thought. That's one of her biggest, biggest hits was called Upon This Rock. Not the same song. <laughs> right. Not yes. by a long shot. <laughs> no, not, not even a little bit. <laughs> John James is the one singing this song. Uh, I put on there dead beats, dead end streets, every step I falter. 
Uh, I love that metaphor for how this life is nothing, um, where you keep going down these streets and it's dead ends and there's really only one path. Um, I really liked a lot of the lyrics in the song. That was just one of them. Uh, another one, fill my cup, fill me up, take me to the altar. Yeah. Um, just talking about how wanting Jesus to just fill us to overflowing so that we are um, not only presenting, you know, the gospel to other people, but so that we, it's, there's just no, nothing else in this world that can fill us like Jesus can. Exactly. I felt like lyrically this one and the previous one kind of went hand in hand. This yeah. one was just a more upbeat package. Yep. Um, and it, this one kind of went a step further and not just um, talking about like the futility of the world, but also the one verse kind of talks about fighting apathy as a believer, I kind of felt like. So I thought that was good. I thought that was really good. So yeah, that was, I that was it. Um, I loved it. Everything we do on our own is worthless um, and a waste of time. We need Jesus. Yes. Uh, and that seemed like... I mean, just the primary point of the song. And like I said, I love the lyrics. I loved um, just everything. I love that ending. No, no music at the end, just them singing with the high voice and then the chorus going. And oh, it was awesome. Upon this rock, Amazing. Exactly. Once again, exactly. Like I know. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm really <laughs> talented. <laughs> so one question I had with this one, was this one ever like popular for them because it feels like like listening to it i feel like this should have been a popular song i know it was popular with me i do not know how it was received um by uh the, the public it just feels like a, a almost like a time capsule of that era like it, it it's this like anthemic 90s song that should have been on the radio all the time yeah yep yeah 100 percent agree um this is one where I remember the song, like it's or at least the chorus. Like mm -hmm. I didn't, ha I never had to go back to it. Like I was, like if I think of "Not Ashamed" album, this song comes up in my head. It's like, and I'm, I, you know, I'm right back there. You know, between yeah, yeah. that, "Not Ashamed," um, and then uh, "Boycott Hell," which we'll get into later. But, yeah, uh, this one was definitely one of them. So, um, but I, as far as the public, I don't know how how it was received. Cause I just, I know like when, when I've seen them in concert, it's not one they've ever done in the modern era, you know? And I don't know that it ever made it on any of the greatest hits things that they've done either. So I don't think it did. No, no, I think from this album, it's mostly not ashamed and turn your eyes. Yeah. Those it makes sense. Ones. They're both good too, but yeah. All right. So to track number five, uh, strong love. Yes. So Toby Mac apparently was a co-writer on this one, which I yes. think would be interesting. I saw that and I couldn't believe it, but I couldn't find a story of why he was a part of it or anything like that. The only thing I can think of is maybe they were on the same label at the time. Maybe. Um, but I, I don't even know if that's accurate. Yeah, I know, you know, you've heard, you've heard Tate say things like, we go back, way back with the Newsboys. So, you know, I don't know if there was, what the deal was there, if they were friends even outside of the music industry or how that worked. But, um, but it seems like there's been a relationship there for a long time. And obviously with him writing on this album, 92, I mean, I think they were friends. I know I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, I heard a story that they toured together for a little bit. Gotcha. I don't know who was headlining. I think newsboys was headlining though. I think they were just before DC talk. Um, sure. I know Michael Tate came and, Helped them when they did the uh, they did their Thrive show at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, Michael Tate did a couple of songs for them there, and then obviously now he's uh, the lead singer for them. Um, but I don't know how that relationship started. I don't know, uh, and again, I don't know why Toby Mac wrote on this, but he did. Like you said, he helped write this song. Um, Fuller is on lead vocals for this one. I think it sounded like a classic Newsboy song. Um, okay. and what I mean, and from Furler's era is what I, era is what I'm talking about. It just, it just had that tone. It had the lyrics, everything kind of just felt like a classic newsboy song, not necessarily popular, not necessarily, um, you know, one that people will sing along with all the time, but it just felt like a classic newsboy song. I'll be honest. This was the first one in the, you know, as we're going through the album that I did not like. Okay. Yeah. Um, Why didn't you like it? Just 
musically, I just, I don't know. There was something about it. I didn't like it. Um, and first listen again, I had a really hard time with lyrics on this one. So that probably didn't help. And I kind of felt like the guitar solos at the end just didn't, for me, they didn't feel like they fit. Right. <laughs> um, but after reading the lyrics, it was a, has a really great message yeah. about unity. So I, I didn't get that at all <laughs> the first time. I had no idea. Sure. No <laughs> idea. Um, but after reading them, I'm like, oh, well, this is this is great. Actually, this, the lyrics are great. So I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I think the lyrics were really wonderful, but they are hard to understand whether it's a singing or the music with it. Um, I agree. The message is wonderful. Love that it's all we're all different. Yet Jesus loves us and connects us all in those. Um, and even with our differences, um, absolutely needed today. I think, uh, like we talked about with some of, uh, point of graces songs from their album, uh, that we talked about last week. Um, it's just, you know, getting connected, being connected, um, love Jesus love connects us all. Um, if we love like Jesus did, we don't see all these differences. We just end up, you know, having the strong love between us. Um, and that's how it's going to be in heaven. It's going to be, you know, we're not going to care about anything other than worshiping Jesus. Um, you know, we're not going to care about someone's differences, uh, their skin color, their, uh, their class, their, you know, economics, uh, you know, all that. We're not going to care about that. We're just going to be caring about worshiping Jesus. Um, right, exactly. So it brings a little heaven on earth, which is nice. Yeah. I will say with this one, I did have an eye roll moment with one of the lyrics. Yeah, go for it. Tell me. Poultry in motion. <laughs> I just, I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. There, I think the line before it was something about people with like chickens with no heads and then, yeah. but it's poultry in motion. I was like, what? That's what I'm talking about. That's that classic newsboys like lyrical humor. Yeah. I, and that's one of those things. It's like a personal preference thing. Yeah. I feel oh, like yeah. it's, it's, I felt like it was too clever for its own good. Like <laughs> it, it was borderline like dumb, yeah. you know? So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a, it was a hundred percent dumb. I hundred percent agree <laughs> with you. Uh, but it, again, I just feel like it was, uh, um, one of those classic, uh, Furler lines. Like I, I wasn't shocked that Furler was singing the song. Like it was gotcha. definitely him. So <laughs> I feel like, I mean, it's a different album, but I feel like shine. That's probably their biggest hit, but that's the weirdest. Yeah. Oh yeah. To me, I'm like, <laughs> what is happening in this song? And so you, you get little pieces of that here and there on this album. But no, yeah. no, no, no. That's not their weirdest song. The weirdest song is, hold on. I got to look it up because I don't remember, <laughs> but it's from, uh, ta I think take me to your leader. I don't know. It's about him being in the circus and he clean cleans up elephant dung. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'll have, I'm sure we'll get to, to find that it album, for you. But, I, it's yeah. pretty ridiculous, but it's pretty funny too. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go on to number, track number six. It's called Dear Shame. This is both James and Furler singing. I thought the the main point of the song was very good. Sure. Um, you know, Satan loves to keep bringing up our past and that keeps us from living the life that we should be living for and in and through the Lord. And it kind of, you know, it keeps us caged sometimes and we need to not listen to that voice and, and live like the child of the King. We know we are. I think that's kind of the main, for me, that was the main message of this one. Yeah, I, it is. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Um, yeah, what really pulled out for me was Romans 8, 1 through 11. Um, and it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Um, and, you, and, and you guys can read the rest of it. I, I won't go into it all, but it continues just like that, um, where they're talking about, you know, we're, we're set apart because of Jesus and we don't need to have this guilt. We don't need to have the shame anymore. Um, and that's, that's a great thing. Um, so definitely Romans eight, one through 11. Again, I, I encourage you to read that whole passage. Um, there is a music video for the song. Wow. Really? 
Yeah, this one's the last one. <laughs> my reaction every time, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, it starts off really weird. I guess it's at one of their shows, but it's Peter and and uh, John, and John is playing with the light switches. But at some point, <laughs> Peter Furler talks about being on the toilet and James playing with light switches while he's on the toilet. What? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was funny, <laughs> but it's so weird. I mean, that's poultry in motion if I've ever heard of it. There it is. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and another thing, it's very 90s. I think they're in a warehouse. Okay. I don't know. Um, but it's classic James. And what I mean by that is John James would do every show like this. And he'd move his arms around and... Uh, sing and it'd be very very odd but it was highly entertaining <laughs> gotcha there's an instrumental part under a spoken word thing close to the end mm-hmm. which that's another thing they really like their spoken word and rap on this album yes um i don't know if that's good or bad <laughs> necessarily but there was a lot of it yes um but the instrumental under that reminded me of the ending of the song dream by michelle tombs okay yeah Less so the the second time I listened, but the first time I was like, "Whoa, did she like? Was this her inspiration for that?" But um, but yeah, yeah. Is that the one where it's like, "Do you believe God? You do. Good." Oh, that's kind of like it sounds like a guy talking or preaching or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's that one. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I thought that was odd, and I didn't. I mean, I I kind of got how it related to the song, but I didn't necessarily think it was necessary. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah. I'll I'll admit. Yeah. So. Um, all right, so going on to number seven, Boycott Hell. Now, this is a DeGarmo and Key song yes. uh, from 1989. Um, it is Steve Taylor who actually raps on this. You were talking about the rapping. Uh, it's Steve Taylor. Um, yeah, go on. What do you think about this song? So, I, I mean, the I knew the original. So when I saw it on the list, I was like, I wonder if that's the if that's a cover. And then it, it is. I thought it was a, a really cool update to that song yeah um the the rap made me chuckle because they're basically making fun of this classic song they're covering like basically these lyrics get dumber as we go or something like that i was like what (laughs) and he's like i agree we gotta boycott hell but we have to boycott dumb lyrics as well yeah yeah and yes i agree that was so funny I thought I, I did. I thought it was entertaining. I agree. I think this version was a great uh, 90s version of it because obviously the original song is more of a metal hairband type version mm-hmm. of it to Garmo and Key or that. Um, this one's kind of, a, a, you know, that early 90s synth and not auto tune, but, you know, voices going through synthesizers, the little rap there and yeah. um, definitely a 90s uh, remake. Whether it was necessary or not, I don't know, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was good. That was one, you know, we've heard before, but I never really stopped to think about what it was really about. But the, the two themes that I kind of got out of that one were unity and evangelism. So, yeah, that was the two main things from that one. Yeah. And not wanting people to go to hell, you know, exactly. <laughs> seeing people pick at hell, um, which is a cool image and, and, and a silly image at the same time. All right, going on to number eight, uh, We Come Together. Uh, Peter Furler is leading this song. What'd you think? I feel like this one thematically is another great one for the times that we're living in. Um, Unity and reconciliation were the two big themes that I got out of this song. And I think uh, Ephesians 4 is uh, uh, probably where they based some of this off of. Uh, Verse 25, it says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. So I feel like that was the message they were going for in this one. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. Um, And just to add to it a little bit, I agreed. Um, not holding on to any grudges or angers. Um, we should be letting go and coming together uh, in those moments. And this was always a, it probably hit me more than when I was, yeah, uh, definitely hit me more now than it did when I was younger, just because at this point my family wasn't a broken family. Um, and I know that with my, you know, 
my parents divorce um, there was a lot of anger and a lot of um, you know just pent up things that I had to deal with that were very difficult to deal with um, so this song definitely hit me more later in life um, but I agree you know that not holding on to grudges or holding on to angers um, is something that I've learned in the past and continue to deal with. Um, God is constantly working that out in me. Um, so this was just another example of that. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Song number nine, Love Comes True. We got John James leading it this time. Um, first thing I saw, it, it's it's a story. You know, uh, the whole song is kind of a story about this girl. Um Although that's as much as I could tell you about it. I really struggled with this one um, following the story. Uh, yes. <laughs> so the one thing I, I also took note that it was a story song. Mm-hmm. But before I read the lyrics, I didn't even get that out of it. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. This one is a rough one uh, that way. Um I, I said after reading the lyrics and listening to it again, I said it was kind of like if Ray Bolts would have been more rock. <laughs> that's kind of, you know, yeah. and a little less clear of a storyline. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I mean, the big thing that I pulled from it was Love Finds a Way. Yeah. Uh, and the, I'm talking about capital L-O-V-E, so God always finds a way. Um, yeah, but again, I, I read the lyrics, uh, read them a few times. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't have an answer as far as what it's specifically about other than love finding a way. Yeah. The story that I kind of got was it was this girl that kind of left home and her family was concerned. And then like she found love and had kids. Like, I, I think that's what confused me. Cause I was like, okay, I mean, Yes, that, but that's what you're supposed to do. So I don't understand. And maybe I'm just at a different stage. Maybe if I was an angsty teenager again, that would be so, more relevant yeah. to me. Yeah. I mean, I guess it took a lot of reading between the lines, but I was like, okay, so maybe she was rebellious and she ran away, not only physically, but like she was rebelling. And so she was running away from everything she ever was taught. And then maybe she, she married this you know, found this godly man and married him. And that brought her back. Like that was me trying to fill in. Like I, yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's kind of what I did too, but I didn't really want to, because I didn't want to say, Oh, this is what the song's about. But I mean, I guess that's what songs do. You can, sometimes they're open to interpretation and whatever you get out of it is um, what you get out of it. But this one, I I mean, it was okay. (laughs) I think a song that does a better job of telling a similar story is She Walked Away by Barlow Girl. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. it's a similar story, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I was a big Barlow Girl fan in the day, so of course I'm going to like it better. But I like um, I like Barlow Girl's first album. I hope we get into that. Yeah, and this, I think She Walked Away was from that album. Yeah. So um, good song. So we'll get to that later. But. So what? I'm not your average girl. Yeah, that's that's a jam right there. <laughs> Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get into that. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. All right, so number 10, <laughs> Lost the Sky Again. Are you still laughing at my singing? Yes. Well, <laughs> that particular song. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. <clears throat> I don't know if you've seen my videos yet, but I did that one in my uh, Classic Christians Part I 2 I don't video. think I saw all of them. I'll have to, I'll go, have to back. go back. Yeah, you will. All right, <laughs> so number 10, Lost the Sky Again. Um. It's both Fur- Furler and uh, Taylor. It's, so it's not James on this one. Okay. Um, so Furler and Taylor are the ones singing the song. So my first note on this was that I was not a fan of the rap and spoken part. Like, it just didn't work for me. Yeah, I but agree. my second note is I could totally hear Tate singing that chorus. Ooh. I think they should redo it. Bring Toby Mac in to do the verses. That's a great idea. And, I like that. Tate could uh, kill that chorus. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a. I didn't think about that, but that's a great idea. When it started off, I just thought it sounds like an old '80s buddy cop movie. Um, okay. But to be fair, I uh, this is rated R, so I wouldn't recommend this movie okay. to people if they care about that. But it's Lethal Weapon. I mean, classic movie. Um, but that you know. 
I don't, I don't, I don't know specifically what it was, but it just sounded like one of those old, uh, old eighties uh, cop movies. Um, and I agree. Okay. Yeah. The rapping's a little, a little weird, especially since we know the newsboys not to be a rap group or anything like that. Um, spoken word rap, whatever you want to call it. I, I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, I love hearing Furler sing. I think he does a great job on the chorus. Um, I agree. I think Tate could crush that song. Um, after you said that, Right, yeah, a hundred percent agree. If they updated it a little it just bit, just sounds like something that he would do, you know. <laughs> um, but I mean, really, the song's uh, lyrically pretty good. I, I love the idea <laughs> that sometimes you have to suffer in order to gain perspective um, on what's going on in your life, and and uh, just you know, you have to have those bad days to have the good one, you know, to understand the good ones, and um, you know, uh, we also though sometimes get so caught up. Um, I thought, and, and this is just kind of something I pulled from it, um, that we can't wait to, you know, whether it's, you know, go to heaven or be reborn, however you want to say it. Um, you know, we can't wait for that. We can't wait for a sign that Jesus is coming back, but are we missing everything that's around us at this time? Uh, and whether that's suffering, whether that's, you know, just all this bad stuff that's going on, are there instances where we need to see that? Or do we need to look around where we are and see God in these moments um, rather than just thinking, okay, you know, I'm ready to go to heaven, you know, basically saying, okay, I'm ready to die and, and to be in order to be with my Lord, which is not a bad thing. That's a great thing to be excited for. We're called to, um, you know, we're called as not citizens of this earth. We're called as citizens of, of heaven. Um, but at the same time, we can't take our focus off of, first of all, the mission here, which is we need to get the gospel to every ends of the earth. We need to preach the gospel to everyone we meet. We need to love our Lord God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. So we need to be reaching out to these people. Um, but also, God's in everything around us. Um, you know, He's in this huge artwork called the earth. And it's absolutely incredible, and we need to take time to look at it. And so that was something I pulled out of it. It's not necessarily blatant in the lyrics or anything like that, but I definitely saw some aspects of it, and it really made me think of that. That's awesome, because this is one that I put, I'm not 100% sure what they were trying to say in the lyrics. (laughs) So I'm glad that you got a lot out of it. And like you're saying, sometimes music is very subjective and somebody will get a lot out of something and, and you can hear things at different times. Yeah. Confused. So. so I wouldn't say that I was confused by this one, but right. right. Oh yes. There have been many times like that where I've heard a song years later. I was like, Oh, I got way more out of it today. Yeah. Um, but I do. Th- the main point that I did pull from this was um, don't waste the time you've been given. Um, all right, so that is keep not a shame. So. Uh, by uh, the Newsboys, yeah. 1992. Uh, so my question to you is: you you listen to this for the first time, um, you kind of have a different perspective than I do. What do you think? Does it hold up? If I had to give a yes or no to that question, I would say no. I don't think it does. It's definitely a product of its time. It definitely s- sounds dated at this point it sound you it's 90s like very early 90s and you can tell um but it's it's definitely classic in the sense that it's classic newsboys like it, there's no doubt that it's them it's no doubt this is where they came from one of their biggest songs ever is on this album i'm not ashamed so i think in the sense of it being important to their catalog and important to Christian music, I think, yes, 100%. It's, it's classic. However, I don't think I couldn't put this in a playlist of current Christian music and, and, and let it slide in. You know what I mean? So sound wise, I don't think it held up if that makes any sense at all. It a hundred (laughs) percent makes sense because you're going to be shocked to hear. I agree. I don't think it holds up. 
Um, okay. I, I love the album. I, there's no doubting I love the album. I, I think they're fun lyrics. I think there's great music to it. Um, but if we look at the Newsboys catalog as a whole, I mean, what, this is from 92. So what, they've been right. going 20 plus years. And they've evolved. Yeah. They've evolved with the times. Um, I think they sound better. I won't say they sound better now than they did. We can get into the argument Furler versus Tate. Um, but it depends how you define better in sure, this situation. Sure. You know. Um, but I agree with you. It's, it's not one you could put in uh, definitely a con- more contemporary playlist and say, "Hey, this uh, this works." Not ashamed is a is a bop. You know, they play it still live. Uh, people go nuts for it. I go nuts for it. Love the song. Um, and I, there's some on here that I just, I loved and I will listen to over and over again. Um, but it is definitely, like you said, a product of its time. Um, I kept finding myself saying, oh, this is clearly 90s. Oh, this is clearly 90s. Oh, this is clearly 90s. Um, and if I have to keep saying that, I think that means it doesn't hold up in 2020. Um the lyrics, I think there's important lyrics in there. I think there's, you know, it's a great jumping off point for the Newsboys. Um, and I, I do. I love the album. Uh, it's definitely, like I said, it's it's the one that impacted me first. Um, so yeah. I loved listening to it again. I love listening to it all week. Um, I actually listened to the Newsboys catalog pretty much all week, uh, which was <laughs> a lot of fun. And I can't wait to get into some of their other albums. But yeah, so no, I don't think it holds up. I agree. One note I had as well was not being a lifelong Newsboys fan. I'm glad this was not my first exposure to them. <laughs> like I'm glad I'm glad some of their newer stuff was the first stuff that I heard just because I don't think I would have gone back <laughs> if this was the first, you sure. know. Yeah. Um <laughs> just I, and we've we've talked about this. I think it was after we recorded the last episode, but like I I'm kind of weird sometimes about how vocalists sound and that really clouds my, how I like an album or like a band or not. And this was definitely an album where there were multiple times that I just did not like how the vocals sounded. And I don't know if that was how they sing or how they were produced or a mixture of the two. So that didn't help me either. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it was like I like we both said. It was definitely a product of its time. I enjoyed and appreciated it for what it is. I don't know that I would pull this one back out and listen to it in its entirety again. I'm there are some songs on here that I may go back to. I you know I really liked the first three tracks. Really, I really enjoyed. Oh yeah. Um, and I had never heard most of the album, so it was definitely cool to to hear these and to to think about them a bit and and hear some you know, a part of Christian music history that I had not really explored. So yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> good. I'm glad. Right. It doesn't, I'm glad you did. I agree that it doesn't hold up. <laughs> I don't know if we could have been friends yeah, if you good. didn't enjoy it. So, well, the same with the point of grace album too. I'm glad you enjoyed that one because that's I did. I really did. My favorites, so this was a, this was a fun, fun way to kind of kick off our podcast. Uh, Christian classics, question mark. Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, but I think it's time for us to celebrate our 20th anniversary. If anybody's listening, they're saying, Kyle, what are you talking about? You only have two episodes at this point. How can it be your 20th anniversary? Well, let me tell you, uh, I don't mean our 20th anniversary. I mean, 20th anniversary of the two thousands. Um, we're in the year 2020. I can't believe it. I can't believe the two th- the millennium was 20 years ago. Like that's crazy. to Y2K. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I, how, I, yeah. How, how is that possible? I, I don't know. I mean, the internet was just starting out, right? Like, I mean, we were just getting into AOL. Uh, we had to do dial up. <laughs> Can you believe that? 20 years ago. Uh, um, yeah. It's absolutely it's incredible. Crazy. So what we thought we'd do is we would go back 20 years and talk about albums from 2000. Um, and I'm excited uh, about this. We found just so many great albums. Um, you that know, was a wonderful year. Oh, we yeah. We were really shocked at what we forgot came out mm-hmm. that year. A hundred percent. Some good stuff. And it was hard for us to narrow down, but we had to remind ourselves that we're going to keep doing this podcast and we'll get into some of these other things. Um, but we're going to start off, is it, if that's okay with you, with my album. Is that all right? Yes. Awesome. Yep. 
Perfect. So what we're going to do is next week, we're going to talk about the 2000 album, Reliant K's self-titled album. And it's their first album. Reliant K is huge, has been huge these past few years, uh, these past decade. It's yeah. unbelievable to think that 20 years ago, their first album came out. When we were talking about this, I forgot about that album. I don't know that I've ever heard this one. Oh. The album that starts out with Pressing On mm-hmm. is the one that I always think of. That's the next and one. And I totally forgot they had one before that. So, yeah, this will be interesting. So, next week, uh, we're going to listen to Reliant K's self-titled album, Reliant K. Go ahead, listen to it this week. So that way, when we're talking about it, you can follow along and... Uh, yell at us via the speakers uh, or whatever, uh, the headphones in your head and say, no, I don't agree with you. Or yes, I agree with that. I can't believe you said it. Um, we want you to be interactive with it. Uh, so uh, go ahead, listen to Reliant K's first album, Reliant K, and we will discuss it next week. Uh, Justin, it is always so wonderful to get to talk to you. I talk to you all the time, I feel. and But when we get to talk about music, when we get to talk about Christian music, Christian classics, question mark. Um, it's just, it's just so exciting. Um, and I love the time that we get to spend together. Me too. Good. I'm I glad. I enjoy it immensely. I'm glad we're doing this. Me too. Me too, buddy. So we're, we're going to sign off. This is Kyle. And Justin. And this show is called Christian Classics. Question mark. Thanks for listening. <laughs>